0: I think what the pandemic is highlighting as well, right? It it ties into all of these uh, things that we've been discussing and this idea of slowing down and people are burnt out, people are tired, people are restless, people aren't happy, right? People aren't feeling purposeful and aligned and connected with what they're doing in the world. And I think what that opportunity is giving us and what even my opportunity through my story, it, it gave me...
1: Episode
2: of Willow Talk. Yes, we were able to sit down with the Madeline Nosseth out of Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and she was a blast to talk yeah, to. Yeah,
1: no, it was a really inspiring, insightful conversation. It, 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 I think people will find it a little bit different than what we've chatted about in the past. I think we focused a lot more on the individual in this one.
2: Absolutely, and I think it's so important too, right, because without us and knowing and recognizing who we are that is all what our art is usually about it's stemming from within and so Madeline has been doing some awesome work working with others individually and in community and group settings to really allow them to find and define their why and what that looks like
1: yeah she's doing a lot of great work in that space. And so we look forward to you guys, you know, diving into this one with us and
2: let us know what you think. Absolutely. And if you could, please rate and subscribe
1: to our podcast. Yeah, do that too. Nice one. Madeline, (laughs) Madeline.
0: Madeline Madeline Madeline.
2: good question
0: (laughs) good question it's it's perfect actually because I think a lot of people like jump into Maddie which is so funny because that was definitely like a high school nickname that I got a lot Allie I don't know if you remember that yeah um especially like with sports and stuff I was (sighs) I was a like hyper competitive athlete my whole life and so it was just like Maddie Mads mad dog like all these things (laughs) I was like you can call me mad dog all day that's cool But I've never felt like a Maddie. Mm, Yeah, I know that feeling. My parents call me Madeline, and I think um, I kind of started really embracing that a little bit more after high school, too. I was like, no, my name's Madeline.
2: I totally get that. I totally, totally get that. And I think, again, sometimes, like you mentioned, you know, nicknames Stick, and I feel like specifically what you had mentioned, it's like recognizing like, well... I don't want to go by Maddie anymore.
0: Mm. I can't help but think of uh, like queer identity, Mm. right? And like expression too, and like how that relates to how we view ourselves and like what names we like resonate with or choose to step into or choose to embody, Mm. right? Like we are born into the world given a certain name and people might perceive us as certain ways, but it's sort of like the biggest journey is like learning how to take radical ownership of your own identity and learning how it best feels to like present it. In the world. Absolutely. I feel like that is definitely becoming more
2: of a conversation, thankfully, in our spaces, where it's like you don't have to, you don't own anyone, any like concrete version of yourself. Yeah, You know, where you can always be like, I think about that even in terms of my artwork or, mm-hmm. or my style, mm-hmm. right? Like the clothes that I wear or the type of photography I want to do, mm-hmm. right? Like it's like yeah. so many times I think we had just written about it where it's like feeling intimidated to try new things. I think that mm. actually can tie quite deeply into feeling intimidated to try new things about ourselves or try new areas you know like do I do I want to go into this space a little bit more do I want to cut my hair do I want to yeah
0: <laughs> you know, like, I was like yes yes as I do
2: I, I want to chop it
1: so
0: and like edit and like get it, girl and being like and
2: able to do that you know and recognizing yeah. that it might feel intimidated but intimidating to try it But when we maybe surround ourselves with more people who either one have done it or two will, like you just said, you're like, yeah, you should do that. Like, do it. Mm -hmm. like I feel like we're constantly living in a space where we're looking for permission, but we're never looking for that permission from ourselves. Mm
0: -hmm. So- I literally, I'm, so if, if you know me, I'm always like taking notes and when yeah. I'm on calls, I'm like always writing down keywords and things that are sticking out to me. Cause that's just how I process things. And literally mm-hmm. what I wrote down as you were talking is permission to change. Yes. Right. Totally. And I think it is important to give ourselves that permission. And I want to be honest. I think that is like a very top thing that I struggle with.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like I really struggle with giving myself permission to change or to try something else or to lean in a new direction. Right? right. I'm very um, and I think this is partially like conditioning. I was definitely raised this way to um like follow through on commitments. Yes. Right. Yeah. Like if you sign up and you say you're gonna do something. You're going. Right. Right? Oh my
2: goodness. I know you're gonna relate to
0: that as being an athlete too. Because for as long as I can remember, I've been on a sports team all the way up through college. Right. And if you if you sign up for the team, you're going to practice. Right. It doesn't matter if you want
2: to be there or not. Right. It's hard to kind of give that space to your intuition at Mm this time. And I think that's also something a lot of the work that that we do is is recognizing like what identifies us like I think that's a really tough one where it's like we had you had talked about it with I think it was either um recently when you were saying like I haven't created in a long time but that doesn't necessarily not make me an artist yeah mm. I was
1: struggling with that for like a minute and it was just like my so much has changed in the last two months like my life has
0: thank changed. you so (laughs) drastic thank you Uh,
1: like i I, like and i just i was feeling really disconnected from like certain aspects of my identity that i had felt very connected to for like the past six months as we were diving into the house of willows and all this and then over the last two months i had a lot of shifts in my life Mm -hmm. good shifts all great shifts but i i was just not able to connect with that part of myself and it just took a lot of i just had to kind of give myself that permission Mm -hmm. to understand that it's still a part of me. It's changing. Mm -hmm. It's evolving. It's still there. It's not going to look like it did three months ago, Mm -hmm. but it's still there. And I'm allowed to let that mold and like change over time. It doesn't, it yeah. can't, it can't say like stay It can't stagnant.
2: stay the same. Right. Yeah. And no. that is, that's, I think again, like kind of like permission to change, but adding on like embracing that change. Yeah. No matter what it looks like, if it's uncomfortable totally. or if it is, you know, or if it's not, you know, like it, it's never going to totally, not everything we do we do is going to feel 100% right all the time.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I feel like that's yeah. so big in the world of, of art and creatives because it's like we typically have this audience or Mm -hmm. this community or Mm -hmm. these clients where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, well, if someone's like a – you know, using like a light, airy preset editing and then decides to do more dark stuff. Right. Will they fear that they might lose that? And yes. it's kind of like letting go of that because there are so many people in the world. It's crazy. You can't please everyone. And so that's why I feel like, and we can totally get a little bit into this as mm-hmm. you changed, mm-hmm. Madeline, in terms of your, yourself how Mm -hmm. that might have been reflected in the work you do and how that kind of looked like in terms of processing any fear that came with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, Ali, I'm so glad that you like brought that up too, because I think, um, I just resonate with everything you're saying is that there has been so much shifting in my life, personal, professional too. Um, And it's kind of like, yeah, needing to give ourselves permission to change. And then where is that fear coming from? That's a question I keep asking myself. And what you're talking about is, you know, fear of, I think, losing your audience or fear of the connection you have with the people you do, right? Fear of judgment, maybe, Mm of... um. What else is it? I think those are the big top ones, and it's so interesting to even look at like my own evolution, and even as far back as college, going into college and um, having no clue what I was doing. Really, <laughs> I um I very strongly identified as an athlete, Aha.
2: and I still
0: I still do to this day. Um, but even that shifted for a lot of reasons. We can get into. Um, it wasn't until I was a junior in college that I finally decided, yeah, I need to be an art major. Uh-huh. Like, Aha. Uh, so
1: what did you go into college? Like, what were you like, I'm yeah. gonna go to college for this?
0: Yeah, volleyball. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Let me wow. like l- let me tell you guys, um, I was not an academic kid and Ali and I went to school, but we didn't really know each other so so much. Um, I really struggled. I had a very very hard time in school, and um, was really struggling with a lot of unaddressed mental health issues. Was really struggling with a lot of unaddressed um, like uh, attention issues and not getting the support I really needed to thrive in that type of mm-hmm. setting. And um, I, I struggled with that all through college as well. And so. Going into college, I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I was like, Am, should I even go to college? Like, right. I'm absolutely shit at this. I can't mm-hmm. pass a test. I'm a very like flat line, like C, D, sometimes failing classes, mm-hmm. student. Mm-hmm. I knew I was good at one thing. Sports. Aha. Mm-hmm.
2: And you really dope. you really, really leaned, leaned into to that. that. Yeah. yeah, Yeah.
0: And I always did. I yeah. always did because it was one of the biggest outlets for me. It was one of the biggest That's ways that I thing. channeled my energy, channeled my feelings, my emotions. Um, and it was something I took pride in, right? Yeah. It was something that I think people knew me for, something that people saw me as, something that I felt powerful and strong in. Totally. And totally. It's, it's interesting. I really attribute a lot of my success Um, not just as a college athlete, but as a college student and as a person um, to my coach at that Uh time. Uh Because, and I've said this before, and it's just really trippy to think about it, but he saw me way before I could even see myself. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Having right. a mentor like that to kind yeah. of see what you, the blind yeah. spots in our lives. We have so many perspectives. Of those. We don't mm-hmm. always
1: have the perspectives to necessarily see ourselves holistically, especially no. at that age. Uh-huh. Like, so to have right. someone else externally be able to pick up on things that we can is so critical.
0: Huge. We connected on so many levels because he was actually um, an acting and theater major that came out of UCLA, <laughs> who was now a communications teacher. And also a volleyball coach, and so <laughs> Love it. that's change. right? <laughs> and from day one, do you know what he did? That single handedly, I think saved me and got me through college and got me into being um, an arts major. He convinced me. This is where he's smarter than me. He convinced <laughs> me to take an art class just for fun. Mm. And no I was pressure. like, it's just for fun. No pressure, just for fun. Yeah. And I was like, okay, sounds cool. Yeah, let's do drawing. Let's do fundamentals of art. Let's do like art history 101. Sure, it sounds great. And I loved it. And so every semester he and I would sit down and pick out my classes. Wow. every semester he would make sure I had at least one art class in there. Wow. And so, you know, for a year, my sophomore year, I spent being an environmental studies major very quickly realized that wasn't for me, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. loved parts of it, loved parts of it, not what I was meant to be doing. Right, right. So by the time I came to him and I was like, I'm a junior, right? And I come to him, I'm like, (laughs) coach, I'm like frustrated. I'm like, (laughs) I hated to admit, I was like, I just, I think I need to be an art major. And he kind of looked at me and he was like, all right, let's do it. (laughs) And I was like,
1: okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, literally, literally. And me, like me just being over here, like, La, da, da, da. I'm in my very, own very world. Very. And he saw that it was something in me that I felt passionate about, that I felt strong at, that I was good at. Right. And it was a way I could express myself mm-hmm. even before I could see it in myself.
2: Wow. That and must have felt out of this world. That's just life changing. Yeah. Was like, crazy. It's
1: just one of those critical moments. Yes.
0: It was one of those critical moments where I showed up in his office my junior year and thought, there's no way I'm graduating on time. I'm probably going to have to spend another extra year. I'm probably going to have to stay here for summer school. Mm-hmm. And he looked at my classes and he looked at me and he goes, no, you're all caught up. Oh
2: my God. Because I, I had been
0: taking classes since I was a freshman. <laughs> So you would have been fine. double majoring.
2: <laughs> I was double majoring and I didn't even know it.
0: Salmon. <laughs> so wow. It's really interesting to look back even as far back as my 19-year-old self, who couldn't even couldn't even identify as being an artist. And then coming out of college and exploring that more. I worked as a painting instructor. I worked Um, in many different consignment clothing shops. I thought for a while I might want to go into fashion and design. Mm -hmm. I worked at an arts nonprofit, an educational arts nonprofit, where we – hired artists to come in and teach classes to the community oh
1: very cool very cool
0: I went to alaska did a pottery yes! internship
1: i'm so intrigued by that because what, I, yeah. and what I, are I,
2: those steps
1: it, well so i also do have a question so like yes. well, did ceramics kind of come in had you i 100 percent assumed you took ceramics at portsmouth high school and loved it from that point <laughs> on <again. laughs>
0: So this is clearly that not, one's like <laughs>
1: absolutely not. That was not. How it was. So like how did you
0: land this? Yeah. So you're not that far off the pulse. Okay. There is some truth in that. There is truth in that, but there's a lot more undercurrent of struggle mm-hmm. which that story is not being told. Um and that's actually we can get into that more, but that's that's exactly the critical point that I'm at right now in terms of myself and my career is recognizing that, okay, I'm not telling, there's a story to be told that I'm not telling and it's going to help other people. And it's directly connected to the work I'm meant to be doing. Aha, okay. And it ties into this whole other picture of um, feeling lost, feeling, Really alone, um, really really struggling with my mental health, struggling with my physical health. I spent X amount of years since uh, 20, when I was 20 years old until this past summer, I would argue. I struggled really heavily with uh, chronic illness issues, chronic pain issues. Mm -hmm. Um, I had Lyme disease. I've been diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and fibromyalgia and a bunch of just like whole big things. Some people know about this and I talk a little Mm -hmm. bit about it online sometimes, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm not stepping into that fully.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. and which is I okay to. too. Well, I yeah. think it, it, it kind of goes into like, again, like I am such a firm believer in time and place and how mm-hmm. I was definitely raised with that where more so on the side of like being obnoxious and funny and my dad's like time and place, Emma, that's not the time. Like we're at yeah. a restaurant <laughs> or we're in church, right. so stop doing that. But over time, I feel like I've, I've really – rearrange the definition of my dad's like time and place in terms mm. of like time and place for me to rest time and place for me to mm. really push myself time and mm-hmm. place to challenge myself time and place for me to shut down time and place yeah. for me to not talk about something time and place to yeah. talk about something and I I'm a firm believer in that because I, I definitely think we're never going to be 100% ready to do something. Mm-hmm. But I think it's recognizing you. what you said really caught on to me was that recognition of like this need to talk about this and create a safe space for yourself to talk about it and how yeah. that process and journey then connects so deeply with your purpose. And I feel yeah. like – that sense of purpose is so important and knowing that it can change. Cause I think Mm -hmm. that's where going back to your own personal experience, your purpose in high school to college was like, I'm an athlete, this is my purpose. Mm -hmm. And so for a while, and it's just um, ironic that the Olympics are on right now, where it's like, (laughs) I, I think of them all the time because it 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 reminds me of how when we're known for something and we stop doing it,
0: mm.
2: how isolating that might feel for us. It's going to be a little bit easier, I think, for you to share this when you start to recognize and be like, "Holy shit, Madeline! Yes, mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. have felt that." And I think that's why we're typically afraid to take that step because we haven't yes. gotten that affirmation yet.
0: Yeah. I love everything you're sharing here and that concept of time and place. And that's what I'm tuning into is that it's time for me now. Right. Right. And it wasn't last year. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't three years ago. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that had to do with my direct ability. It had right, to do mm-hmm. with the fact that I was at home, mm-hmm. very sick, right, on my parents' couch, laying right, on the mm-hmm. floor, right? right. So like that wasn't time. Right.
1: Yeah. Exactly. That was time for me
0: to be inward. That was time for me to get real with me. Right. That was time for me to do some really deep inner healing work. Right. And I'm coming into this new season of my life, um, having a lot of these reflections, um, for the first time in years, feeling healthy, and well and strong and confident and right. kind of like that former athlete a little bit again. Right, yeah. wow. And life is asking something new and different of me now.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And it's, it's, it's asking me to share my story in a new way and in a really profound way that I know is going to um, be directly shifting the type of work I'm doing come this spring. That's actually something that I'm focusing on and working on now. And I won't give away too much about what that looks like because it's still very much um, in the rough draft process of things. (laughs) But I'll be launching a new program in about maybe a month or two.
2: Is it something that you feel like is totally brand new or do you feel like it's just kind of fits into Mm. ties,
1: other aspects of what you do currently together? Or is it totally very much like a shift and a change for you?
0: It's a great question. I think that it's the work that I've been doing all along. Mm -hmm. I'm just branding it and stepping into it in a bigger way. I have my hand in a lot of different lanes, which is exciting Mm -hmm. and fun for me. Um, Mm -hmm. So currently I am running a program called the CEC, which is the Creative Entrepreneur Collective. Um, it's where it's built for creatives, small business entrepreneurs, um, helping them feel more confident in their work, expand their reach, increase their income, kind of really step into the power of who they are as creatives. Um, I love that. I also work with a handful of clients one-on-one doing private life coaching work. Um, it's a lot about, uh, deep inner spiritual work, healing work, uh, it's hyper-focused on the individual, very personalized to what mm-hmm. they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with a lot of different type of people I work with. I have a handful of creatives. I work with people who are not creatives at all in that group. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that reaches kind of a different audience a little bit. I also run a weightlifting program for female athletes at Portsmouth high school, That's which, awesome. I love, I yes. love so much. It's, um, it's a joy. I've been doing that for th- uh, great question, Madeline. How long have you been doing that? <laughs> I have been doing that for going on for years now. Wow. And, that's yeah. awesome. Um, it's fantastic. I'm there part-time. And then, what a lot of people know me as is I also run a small pottery business. Yes, which I love and I've been That's doing fun. for a long time. I did I actually, well, it's actually not that long. I first started my ceramic business when I was in Alaska. Uh-huh. And okay. that would have been 2018. Okay. Feels like that
1: was yesterday. Feels like it was yesterday.
2: I feel like it was like five thousand years ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the idea of me being in Alaska. Yeah, yeah. It's like.
2: How did you get that opportunity? Was that through school or was that something you did on your own?
0: So, before Alaska, I was living and working in Washington D.C. I was living there and working there for about a year and a half with my partner at the time, Emily, Mm -hmm. and. She had an internship job working at the um, Holocaust Memorial Museum. I found a job working at an arts nonprofit called the art league. Mm-hmm. Um, we were kind of like, it was sort of the first time after college where we jumped into like a nine to five job, uh-huh. you yes. know? like really yes. jumped into that, really dove into it. We were working hard. Yeah. You know, we were working hard and, uh, I think there were parts of it that I really liked. And then there were parts of it that I didn't really like, you know? Nice. And after about a year, the two of us came together and we were both like, you know what? We're not that happy. Mm-hmm. We were, we kind of had this like, it like awakening a little bit? We were like, we're living in this really busy city. That's really congested and we feel disconnected. We don't have a strong sense of community, we're working really hard. We're working nine to five. I'm sitting at a desk all day. Yeah, It just didn't feel good. And we didn't know what to do next. I am going to be totally real. We had <laughs> yeah. no game plan. We just knew that that wasn't it. Exactly. We knew that wasn't it. And Emily, her grandparents years ago built this little house up in Alaska in this this Bay town called Homer and uh, Emily's brother still lives up there now. And so we had the opportunity to go live at this house and kind of go figure it out. Wow. <laughs> oh,
2: my goodness. That I'll, sounds exciting.
0: I'll have to send you some photos of it because it was beautiful. Uh, I've always wanted to go. We went Me in the too. summer when it was sunny and yes. f- for Alaska, fairly warm. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, it was the perfect container for us to reflect on what we had learned in D.C. about what we liked, what we didn't like. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, a completely opposite from city living. Yeah. Right.
2: Exactly. And and throw yourself into
0: the wilderness. <laughs>
2: right. And also just, I feel like that was a good shift in, in like you said, viewing yourself and the opportunities mm. or the things you could do. Yeah. Coming from like a nine to five job. I just, I feel like that is something that is so applicable with the pandemic more than ever. I think we've given ourselves because of the barriers and the challenges of the pandemic, I think there's just been a lot of necessary time and need to reflect on, do I like this job? Like, I feel like it's the first time we were able to like slow down, Mm -hmm. you know, but it sounds Mm -hmm. like you were already, you you kind of did that in a way, (laughs) which I feel like is so awesome because that is, something that I feel like I so strongly take away from the pandemic is like this motherfucker forced me to slow down. And so it sounds (laughs) like going to Alaska, coming from a very busy city, you were slowing down and you were able to kind of try something new.
0: Yeah. You're, You're tapping into exactly the truth of that experience for me. And what's funny hearing you say that about how people are you know, through the pandemic, kind of waking up to like, is this what I want to be doing? Um, Giving people a chance to slow down. Um, I would also argue that it's something I've been doing through my experience with chronic illness. It's interesting, just kind of quickly touching back on that idea of identity. Um, I always really feared identifying with being sick, Mm -hmm. right? I never wanted to be like, I'm the sick girl. Right? right? I have all these issues. I have all these things that are holding me back from doing this or right. having to turn down plans with friends or um, having, to, having to admit disability right. was really hard for me, especially coming right. from my background as being a really strong, able athlete. Absolutely. Right? Wow. But Alaska was definitely this beautiful experience for us um, in terms of reflecting and slowing down and it continued too so after alaska we didn't have a plan <laughs> it's Best just plan is no plan the plan is the plan is no plan the plan was live in alaska for 6 months during the summer take a month to travel down the west coast we drove all down the west coast and that's what changed it for me was i I got very sick when we were traveling okay mm. so it was this pivoting moment for sure It was a big big moment. Um, I it was one of those things where I didn't even know what was happening in my body I was spiking fevers I was getting nauseous I was getting dizzy I couldn't eat I was tired my just my whole body was like on shutdown mode right and, and I remember we started in Seattle our trip. And it wasn't that bad then. I was mm-hmm. kind of okay. I was getting yeah. away with it. About halfway down the coast, we were sort of in the Ca- like northern California area. I was getting pretty sick. I was getting to the point where like our hosts, our guests, we we stayed with a lot of like friends and family. Yeah. I remember that like this one distinct time, there was like cooking us a really nice meal, and I couldn't eat. Wow. And it was just like, uh oh, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. What's going? On? What's like? This isn't normal. This isn't good. Yeah. And by the time we got to LA, which is where my sister was, she was at school in there and I was so relieved to see her and just, but I was really sick. I was pretty, I was pretty non-functional at that point. And the plan became we're flying home and Madeline's moving home with her parents. Oh, Mm. wow.
1: Big shift from what that initial trip out there looked like.
0: Big shift, big, big shift. And That would have been, uh, we came home, Oi, yeah, fall of 2018. Fall of 2018, came home, moved back home with my parents. um, And it looked like doctor's appointments every day. It looked like tests every day. It looks like a lot of blood work. It looked like a lot of no answers. It looked like a lot of confusion. It looked like a lot of fear.
1: And you were holding. This was at this point, were you kind of confiding in friends, or it was very close to the chest? Like you weren't.
0: Yeah. Good question. Um, a little bit of both. I would. I would say. I would say the people closest to me in my life knew. Yeah. But I'd say mostly everybody else didn't. Right at that point, I was. I was so ill that I wasn't really like showing up fully online. I certainly wasn't posting about it or right, sharing anything yeah. about it. Right. Um, but sort of the diagnosis that came back that seemed to be sort of the forefront of it was Lyme disease, which is mm-hmm. something that I had d- dealt with actually earlier in college as well. And it really knocked me out. Wow. Really, really knocked me out. And so, but on top of that, I had a few other diagnoses as well. Sort of this yeah, thought yeah. of, um, okay, you have chronic, chronic pain, so you have fibromyalgia, right? You have yeah, yeah, yeah. chronic fatigue syndrome. You have, um, you know, just general like malnourishment after not being able to eat for so long, dealing with migraine headaches. Um, I even had a blood test that told me I had heavy metal toxicity. Oh,
1: wow.
0: And it was just like, it was like almost everything that felt yeah. like it could have been going wrong was going wrong. Oh, and just
1: slamming you with it. Just yeah.
0: slamming me with it. And the thing is, when I think about all of it, I don't think that the terrible things that happen to us are, like, for a good reason. Like, I don't think they happen for a good reason. But I think that what we learn through the experience right is a lesson, right? So I think like the bad things that happen to us aren't lessons. I think how, yeah. how we process and learn through them are. right. Yeah.
2: Well, and I think too, recognizing that, that is something that is very, very huge, I think for a lot of individuals, again, like coming from illnesses to uh, losing money, mm-hmm. like losing a family member, like However we want to tie it into, I think the the biggest thing is, again, going back to that time and place and recognizing Mm -hmm. that you are not going to see or recognize or expect that lesson when you are in it. And I think that is the biggest thing for just like letting a lot of people know that because Mm. I think, it, it. unfortunately, we live in a world where it's just a shitty place like there are, mm. it's not the best and i think at the same time it's not super helpful when people are trying to force us to push through these moments where mm. it's like hey this is happening like i i hate i i happens. don't look on the bright side i don't vibe with the everything happens for a everything reason thing a reason. i don't vibe with helpful. it like
1: Sometimes shit happens and, and it's hard and you're allowed to feel shit about
2: it exactly. because it's exactly yes. Louder for the
0: people in the back. Yes.
2: Louder. Like I, and that is so important to just, again, like, and I think that goes al- al- along with some of your own values and missions, Madeline, in the sense where it's like, you know, process where you are like here and now stop worrying about, You know, like what it's going to be like or or how you're going to get through it because really it's like reading between the lines in that sense. It's like you're going to get through it by focusing on what you're going through right here and now and just showing up for yourself. Like something that I remind a lot of people in my life is – Trying your best or doing your best is not a standard. And just giving yourself permission with that. We live in such a Mm. world that is so competitive and always hustling and it's Mm
0: -hmm. burning everyone out. Yes. And that's exactly, I think, what the pandemic is highlighting as well, right? It it ties into all of these uh, things that we've been discussing and this idea of slowing down and people are burnt out. People are tired. People are restless. People aren't happy, right? People aren't feeling purposeful and aligned and connected with what they're doing in the world. And I think what that opportunity is giving us and what even my opportunity through my story, it it gave me um, an opportunity to turn inward, Uh like a really, really deep opportunity to turn inward. Mm -hmm. And it taught me a lot about myself. And from the fall of 2018, Until I would really say this past summer, that is what I was doing.
2: Yes, mm-hmm. turning inward and really inward with yourself. Yeah. And
1: it's not a light switch of a process. Like, that's a year long – like, years of processing that you were doing. Like, for like anyone done. who's like, oh, like, I want to look inward, and then I should be good mm-hmm. in a few months. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. I looked inward
0: tonight, <laughs> and tomorrow <laughs> I should be a new
2: person.
0: <laughs> I'm like, honey, I love that for you, but it don't work that way. Yeah.
2: No. So, now, what did that – so it sounds like these this past year to half a year really mm-hmm. really was invaluable to you. So yeah. what did that taking like what that looks like into where you are now even like mm. starting this new this new project and program mm-hmm. like even mm-hmm. the fact that you you're you're doing stuff like that I mean what did that kind of look like for you?
0: Yeah. Um, I think it's what allowed me to be in the position what I'm doing now. And all of these themes we're talking about is exactly actually what the foundation of this new project and program is Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be building and launching for folks. Um, Because I think at the end of the day, we're all trying to find our way back home. Yeah. Through whatever outlet it is, through whatever lane or experience it is, we're all on that same path of finding our way back to ourselves, Mm -hmm. back to our true selves, right? right? Back to who we are at our core, Um, you know, trying to unlearn all that stuff that had been put onto us as children and growing up and, right? So it's a lot of of grieving work, actually. It's a lot of grief work. It's a lot of inner child healing work. Yeah, It's a lot of spiritual work, mm-hmm. inner reflection. It's a lot of self-realization work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the more we can get on board with that, and the more you can slow down and take time to really tune in and listen to yourself, the clearer it's going to be as to where you need to be going forward.
1: If someone was like, what are some of your most authentic, truest, like attributes about yourself? Mm. That is very, it's very wracking to me. I, I genuinely don't know. It's but a hard
0: question. It, yeah,
2: I think that's something that's really important because we don't recognize how much of who we are, what we believe in, what we do is learned It's just mm-hmm. like, it's not, it's not, you know, the unfortunate classic line of it is what it is is bullshit because mm-hmm. we actually were taught these things that we're doing and mm. that can be connected in so many ways in terms of uh, religion, racism, career work, you know, it's recognizing like what we what we think is likely because of what we were taught. And that Mm. can be really hard to unlearn. And it's recognizing something that I remind a lot of people is like going back to that process. If I'm, how old are we? 26. 26? (laughs) If I think of it in the terms of 20 years, That's a shit ton of unlearning and I Mm -hmm. can't do that in a day or a month or even a year. Going back to that little saying that we had of like the plan is no plan because Part of us have to have a plan, yes, but it's recognizing that you're not gonna know everything about that plan. And that's Mm. the fucking point. (laughs) That is the point. I am
1: in my mind. All I'm thinking about is my high school, my senior year quote. It was literally from John Bon Jovi, and it was something (laughs) like map out your life, but do it in pencil.
0: Yes. Okay. Yes, Bitch, definitely- you knew what you were doing all the way back then.
1: Yeah. No, John Bon Jovi knew what he was doing.
0: John Bon Jovi knew what was up.
1: But it's Literally. So like, yeah, we can give ourselves structure because I think a lot of us work off of structure. But going back to like things change, things evolve. Mm. Give yourself some structure and give yourself the grace and flexibility mm. to shift that path. Like Absolutely. whenever you need to, whenever you want
2: yeah. to. It sounds like this work you're doing with these individuals is important in the sense where it's trying to break those barriers
0: down to really find the path for that person. It's individualized and it won't be, it'll, it's going to look different for every single person, right? So what I'm doing and what what I'm doing with my work and my path is going to look different than what you're doing, right? Or what you're doing, Holly, right? So um, yeah, it's helping people get back to who they really are. And I think you're right, is that we live in a world which teaches us to look outward, right? We're looking for the money. We're looking for the fancy cars. We're looking for the cool new trends. Yes. We're looking for the perfect social media platform. Yes. We're looking for the perfect partner, right? Mm-hmm. Someone to fulfill mm-hmm. us, the job to even fulfill us, yes. right? And <laughs> what's really ironic and... Um, I, I'm interested to see if this will resonate with you, but a lot of people know me as a potter, right? Like even Allie, you were like, "Well, I thought it was just like pottery." We started in high school, and then you went on through, and like that was it. Ta-da! Um, and here's the thing: I tell people, and I think some people get it, and other people are like, "What are you talking about?" It's like, yeah, I'm an artist. I'm a ceramic artist. I love what I do, but that's not what my work is about.
2: Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. It's not my work It works about.
0: Even through pottery, if you're paying attention, right? What I'm making, the things that I share about, the expression that I'm using. Pottery and clay, ceramics is just a vessel that I use for a higher message.
2: I'm going to switch that in a way of recognizing if you don't have a message and you have an empty vessel yeah it's not going to be as authentic and people are going to recognize that it's not just about the skill of making a mm-hmm. piece it's about right. how you're making it and why and who you are and that to me is so so important i think that's why we started this podcast because it's like and the House of Willows in general, but more so this podcast is a vessel to kind of share multiple individuals' work of mm-hmm. walks of lives and experiences mm-hmm. because that is why we're doing it. The artwork, the material, right. the thing, those are just things, those are tools. Right. They're not necessarily the actual thing. It's more so this connection and spreading this higher message and You said it so, so, so beautifully.
0: I think what you're articulating too is exactly what I feel through what the two of you are doing with House of Willows. And I know that's why like what you're doing is going to be successful and what you're doing with the podcast and with your group and just this whole collective is because you're doing something from a higher mission.
2: Yes, Mm -hmm. right. It's
0: not about the podcast. No, it's not.
2: Just for everyone listening, right? (laughs)
0: Just for just for all the listeners tuning in. It's not about the podcast. No, it is not. It's it's Uh, not about the platform. It's not about your brand colors. No, it's not about about making the perfect reel. No, it's Mm -hmm. not about any of that. Right. No, and also even relating it directly to what I'm doing with the CEC. I'm telling my secret here to all y'all artists, all my people in the CEC, it's not about being an artist. Right. That's kind of a mind-blowing concept for a lot of us, right? It yeah. might feel
2: uncomfortable. Yeah. It might feel really to uncomfortable
0: hear. to be like, no, what are you talking about? I'm an artist and this is right. what I do and this is how I do it. And it's like, no, that's not who you are. Right. That's it's not big. who you really are. Right. Right right and to continually ask ourselves and be critically curious about okay what is your deeper why what is the why behind the why okay you're an artist but why
2: right if you're doing it for the money you're not you're not gonna last it's (laughs) not it's
1: not i mean one of especially if we look at the way we interact with art as an individual We look for something that will resonate with something within us. And if that artist isn't putting their greater why behind that Mm. work, it won't resonate with anyone externally. Right.
0: Because it's an energetic exchange. It is. Yes. Everything we do is an energetic exchange. And if you're not bringing that to the table through your work, no matter what lane you're in, if you're not bringing that authentically to the forefront, people are going to feel it. Yes. People are, you can smell it. You're like a yes. guard dog. You can like sniff out <laughs> fakeness and inauthenticity from a mile away. You're like, mm, that's not it. No, nope. I think it's hard for most people to be present.
2: It is. I agree. Yeah,
0: and I think that we have sort of been conditioned into, like you said, this fast pace, this go, 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 Mm -hmm. this hustle culture, this grind culture, this Mm -hmm. productivity. Oh, yes. This like your self-worth is connected to your productivity Mm -hmm. culture, how fast you can make it, how quickly you can go, how much you can make. Can you make more, 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 more? But it's like, whoa hold up yeah i i don't know about you but i'm not a machine
2: no nope. right right and that's and the I'll, expectation unfortunately and, and i don't
0: think we're supposed to operate like that we're
2: not and so again that is what is so important for so many of us specifically in this in this work of creating too where mm-hmm. it it's recognizing that your worth isn't coming from the amount of sales you're getting it's not coming mm-hmm. from from any of these this, these numbers, it's, it's more so what is the experience and the process that I'm going through in this time? And, again, shifting and evolving. Maybe you went into it because you wanted to leave your 9-to-5 and you're like, I do yeah. need money. Absolutely. Totally. But it's also recognizing it's like you can do totally – it reminds me of what you're doing, right? You're not just – a ceramic artist, and that's not the only thing driving in necessary income. Exactly, and it's. Mm-hmm. I think that is something that is also important, where it's also giving us a break from doing the same thing. Yeah. You know, like you know, you're a, you're working within athletics with with young females. You're working mm-hmm. more so with coaching and community work, educating. Yeah and art, and so I think for those of you who are listening who are feeling really stuck in your art, take a step back and really ask yourself, Mm -hmm. what else am I doing? What else am I doing for myself? Maybe only doing your medium of art is actually creating gaps in other things that you actually need from yourself because art isn't going to fill all of those holes. I think Mm -hmm. that goes back to
1: Madeline's what we were discussing before being everything that you, every aspect of your life, whether it's your professional, your artistic, your personal, whatever, it all emanates from the ultimate. What is my why? Like Mm -hmm. literally what is my why? Why am I here? What, what do I want to do? What, like just whatever. And that again you're not just an artist there's Mm -hmm. so many other facets of who you are as an individual you have to be able to like feed all of those different areas through that like that one defining why absolutely and so being able to find the vessels the channels whatever to feed all of those aspects of your identity
0: because there's never going to be one expression of your truth exactly There's never going to be one expression of your deeper why, because your deeper why is expansive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's not limited. It's not defined by one thing. It's not defined by one title or one job or one hobby, right? And so I do think it is a critical question to ask ourselves and the people who are listening too is like, what is your deeper why? I love this. Right. And thinking about if you're feeling stuck in your space, okay, why is that? Maybe what are you what are you cutting yourself off from?
2: Mm-hmm. What are you limiting yourself mm-hmm. from? What opportunities are you afraid to step into? And again, I think that goes back into your work with the CEC and mm-hmm. the work we're doing with the House of Willows is you're not alone. Mm-hmm. So if you're afraid to take that step, reach out. And mm-hmm. there's likely someone who's probably quite feeling
0: quite the same. Mm-hmm. Been and there, done that, got the t-shirt. Exactly. <laughs> just hit me up, y'all. Just hit right. me up because I've been there. <laughs> right. It's like
2: recognizing that. And so really as, as artists, creatives, and humans, it's just community is so, so important into yeah. even helping you define and strengthen your why
0: oh huge you can't do it alone I, I, and I can only say that because I've tried exactly. and I've failed exactly right yeah I can't do it alone yeah and also um we deserve to have support we do I like that we do I think it. that's
1: so important
0: a lot of the time we're um especially as New Englanders, we're like, no, I got this. I got this by myself. I can figure it out. I'm strong. I'm stable. I don't need anybody. Nope. Don't need some help from that. But what you're doing is you're denying the opportunity for you to receive an abundance of love and support and care and nurture. And when you have that, that's when you're able to grow and thrive in new ways, right? Absolutely. You're able yes. to release fear more. You're able to, hell, maybe it's work with fear, right? Yes. But there's a phrase that has always stuck out to me, and I really do think it's perfectly in alignment with the type of work that I'm here to do and I'm meant to do and I wanna share with folks is, um, I'm in the business of helping people become expert sailors in the sea of life. Mm -hmm. Because it's not that there aren't like tidal waves and hurricanes and riptides all over, like the ocean is incredibly powerful and it can be mean and it can throw you around. But our job, our ultimate job, our lifelong job, I think, is learning to become an expert sailor So, that you can weather these storms and weather these waves and not be completely thrown off course.
2: Exactly. Finding the tools in the community to help you prepare for Mm -hmm. the unexpected. Totally.
0: Oh, my God. And know that you can do it. Yes, absolutely. Like that, know that even in the middle of a storm, there needs to be that inner knowing that it will be okay. The trust. Absolutely. Oh my Which God. is the hardest thing. Absolutely. Wow.
2: Is there anything else like up, up and coming, any shows or projects or where can we find you? Anything you kind of want to plug in here?
0: Awesome. Awesome question. Um, No new projects other than the one that I'll be launching this spring. I'm definitely diving into that. So stay Mm -hmm. tuned. Um, I'm very active on Instagram. You can find me there. Um, It's my name. So it's at Madeline Nossif. Um, I also started a TikTok account. We, Which is, yeah, we love TikTok. We love TikTok. And for me, I'm really using it as like um a play platform right I now. I love it's, that. Yeah. Right? It's really I fun. It's exciting. I'm just kind of having a good time with it. But that would be another way to connect with me and sort of Absolutely. get sort of an insight into my world.
2: Yes. Um,
0: but yeah, thank you just so much for having me and for Absolutely. having this conversation today. It's like really filling my cup.
1: Same this this has been such a great